Greetings, lowly boyers. I welcome thee to the illogical, preposterous, pointless, absurd, and depressing misadventures of Detective Swag and Dr. Yeatley. We're afraid to inform you that this story, just like the last, is one fraught with lachrymose themes and joyless affairs. We warn you not to experience happiness in these blightful recounts, nor even dare to crack a smile, for no humor can be found in these misadventures. And now, to continue our misguided mystery. myself to sleep in the furthest room of this accursed mansion, I hearken back to that evening Detective Swegg and I spent inside that hansom, heading to the workers' quarters of the city. I was absolutely buoyant that we were on the trail to another adventure, something neither myself or my esteemed and penniless cohabitant had been on in some time. But still, something was bothering me. So would you stop scratching my arm, please? Oh, I'm sorry, eat the old chum. You seem to have a mosquito bite on your arm, and I thought I would give you a good old scratch. Who do you suppose it was? Well, Mosquito, of course. No, this Galileo Figaro fellow. Galileo? Galileo. Galileo. Galileo! Galileo Figaro. I can't place it, but it is a name that sounds familiar. It has a melody to it, don't you think? Like a name that wouldn't feel out of place in a popular operatic. Chapter 2, An Inquisition You have a dour look upon your cheeks, Yeet. What seems to be the trouble? Oh, look at this rocking, sir. I'm afraid I have motion sickness. Ah, yes. I experienced some discomfort on my first time. But after entering Hanson's for a number of years now, you eventually grow to prefer it. To what, sir? The norm, Yeet. I spent many a night in many a handsome. Ah, that reminds me of the war. We've arrived, gents. Oh, thank Cthulhu. <coughs> ah, the musty, urine-filled scent of the common man. There isn't a smell quite like it in all the world. Yet, why in the agent one's armpit are we here? Well, sir, after constantly snorting sulphur off of dead bodies, I felt compelled to come to the only place in the city that seems to reek of the stuff. Westminster Hall? No. The cheesemongers? Warmer. Cornish farmers? No. Those fuckers smell far worse. 
The courthouse? Cold, sir. Very cold. Ah. The docks? No, the blacksmith, sir. I've had a brainwave. Let's go to local blacksmiths. Maybe they know where we should go. Look, sir. A street minstrel. Probably an arts graduate. I think I've got some coins here. Oh, is that a shilling on the ground? Now, to stand here, straight up and down, giving the impression to anyone watching that I will not move in the slightest. Then, to bend quickly the hips in a jerking motion. Sir, look out! Over there! What happened, Pete? That man tried to kill you with his oversized knife containing a very regular upside-down triangle engraved on the handle. That fell out and into your hands? Sir, this is no time for recycled jokes. You there! Stop that man! We broke into a run after the would-be assassin, no matter whether they were he, she, or they. Who am I to judge? Weaving around corners, ducking under angry street sellers and dodging until... There! Through that alley, sir! Ha! Oh, it's a dead end! We've got them! Uh, them, Pete? Well, sir, you never know what pronouns one wishes to be called. As we rounded the corner, we were met with... Nothing. Absolutely nothing. The baffling butcher of unknown sex had made good their escape. Except for one small detail. Look, sir, a small detail. Why, it's a... a little... a tiny... A small ruby-encrusted ring engraved with a cheeky phrase, Smack me, I'm Cornish. The fuckers. Do you think it means something, sir? Of course you'd. Every Cornish farmer deserves a good smack. No, I mean the ring, sir. Indefensibly, my dear Swag, a little ring goes a long way for the ill-favoured ladies of the ogre's playground. This is no time for your local whore haunt, sir. That's repugnant. Mm. <laughs> Nonsense, Yeet. Why, just last Tuesday, Chastity just recovered from that bout of gout she had. Now all that's left to clear up is that smell of yeast, the crabs, and the nasty great oil growing out from under her- Sir! Well, if I'm honest, the crabs are rather adorable, with the little nippers and beady eyes. And sometimes the smell reminds me of an uncooked bread loaf. That's it. Chastity and I shall be wed tonight. Ah. Sweet Chastity McGreg with a leg for an arm and an arm for a leg. Street minstrel. If it's all the same to you, sir, I'd be more comfortable if you took the ring back home. I know, Yeet. It's all the same to me, so I think I'll be more comfortable if I took the ring back home. Handsome! All aboard! We're back in the stiffy, uh, jiffy. Back to the corner of Hargreaves Road. Maybe we'll stop off at the Ogre's farmhouse. Take him straight to Hargreaves, driver. Don't stop no matter what he offers you. Right out. First stop, Barkin and Dugganham, then Barnet, Bexley, Brent, Wandsworth, Biggle Hole, Shackle, Dongers, then As I watched the handsome make off with my dear swag in our little detail, the hairs on the back of my neck stood on end. The dreaded feeling of being watched reached into my jimothies and rustled them until I could stand it no longer. The very thought that the assassin was still out there condunculated my nibbins and- Oh, come now. Those aren't real words. I'll have you know that condunculated and nibbins are perfectly flunkated words. <clears throat> Back to my story. Dearest reader, the very thought that a resident of our beloved, if not disease-ridden city, desired for us the greatest of harms complexuated my vision. The cobbled streets seemed so much darker. The sounds and smells of the sicknesses deep in the city's veins seemed inescapable. Bilge water and the vestiges of an orgy between three dogs, five cats, and a rather large rat fouled the air around me. I began to see shadows around every corner, gleefully wicked and slightly half-witted faces glaring back at me, although 
that could have been the Millwall supporters. I sat down with my back against the slimy brick walls of Docker's Way, hoping that my dear Swag's handsome ride there and back again resulted in an uneventful trip. We've arrived, gents. Docker's Way, Docker's Way. Ah, that was a rather uneventful trip there and back again. Ah, that whole sequence felt a bit shoehorned into the script. Where were we, Yeet? Well, we were just about to go to the blacksmith's, sir. I... Just then, from a dank side street corner, stepped two unsavoury gentlemen with enormous curled moustaches, portly bellies and red cheeks. Dressed in matching jackets, waistcoats and trousers that looked like they hadn't been washed in over a decade. To complete the ensemble, they wore top hats each with a dead lily protruding from the top. The smell of old cabbage and rotting corn filled the air. And if soot and dirt didn't cake them entirely, I'd say they were Caucasian with tufts of red hair peeking out. Fine, sirs, may interest you in a little fawn. Out in the town for a little bit of slap and tickle. Well, we have them all. From the exotic land of Asia to the fair kingdom of the Scots, Craig McCoy. And Craig McAllister, at your service, sirs. If you step this way, gentlemen, and take a look at our Craigslist. Craigslist? Aye, we're a family company. Contemporary! But you've only got three names on the list, and they're all Bridget. Oh, aye. First there's Bridget. She's a little on the large side, but she'll bridge you if you know what I mean. She may be her aunt, but you know what they say. Family first! I thought you said you had exotics from the land of Asia. These names are whiter than Yeetley's supple midriff. Aye, we do. Bridget can look right exotic if you slap some mud in her. Fair warning, slap around too much and you may get a Glaswegian kiss. Terms and conditions apply. No returns, no refunds, and if you break it, you buy it. There's nothing more Scottish than terms and conditions. Get out of here, you dirty street minstrel, you! Oh, that young one's skin is divine. Fancy a roll in the hay on the house, lad. You can be the rock to Marbridge. Sir, she winked at me. And not with her eye. As talented she may be, we don't have time for your copulating conundrums. Let's press on. I know it's this way, Yeet. I just wanted to stretch my legs a bit. Contemporary! Ah, the smell of industry. The weight of the heat of the fire. It reminds me of my time. Hello? Someone! Anyone! Hello! At that moment, the resounding clang of iron beating iron ceased. Shadows danced upon the wall of the hearth, and out of the fiery glow cascading from the forge stepped a beast of a man. Muscle and sinew flexed as inhumanly large hands gripped the edge of the doorway that seemed so insignificantly small in comparison to the bulk of the creature that now squeezed through the frame. Iron boot-clad feet resonated through the hardwood floor, sending shivers up my spine as the furrowed-browed blacksmith stalked towards us. Never had a man made my blood run colder. Greetings, darling. How can I help you? I, uh, I, I need someone to show me the things in life I can't find. More specifically, dear? Sir? What? The ornate golden watch with the very irregular upside-down triangle that fell out of his pocket and into my hands. But it's mine! Give him the watch! No! Just hand it over! No! The ornate golden watch with the very regular upside-down triangle engraved on the linen is very special to me. 
I've had it for many, many minutes now. It'll be a family heirloom handed down from generation to generation. I will not give it up. I will not. If you refuse to cease this discourse, I'll have to ask you to rampy pampies to vacate the premises. As dashingly adorable as you are. All right, fine. But I better get it back. Child. Here. Ah, absolutely bewitching, love. But the intricacies of the etching is arresting. It reminds me of something. The wall? Straight minstrel! It's been a long, long time. Well, how familiar is the etching? Do, do you recognize it? Well, if you open it up, it has the picture of the Lord of Brixton Manor. <laughs> Look at that. Well, that, that hole underneath the picture looks about the same size as a ring. Oh, Lord, you say? Hmm, sounds like a very rich man indeed. A rich man that might be offering a reward from information on a certain poor boy. And where does he reside? In Brixton Rock. And how, pray tell, do we get there? Well, by train, of course. Brilliant. And where are we going? To, uh, Brixton Rock. Aha. Hmm. And by what mode of... Transport, shall we say? Oh, a train leaves in the early hours of tomorrow morning, headed for the coast. Oh, look, a butterfly! Coochie, coochie, coo! Coochie, coo! Oh, you best be careful, lad. Your father doesn't seem all that put together. But he's not mine. May I ask you one more question? Of course, dearie. This, this Brixton Rock, well, it doesn't sound like the fondest of places. Right you are, handsome boy. Burgeoning on the cusp of adulthood. I'll have you know I'm almost 30. Beware, young man, of the horrors of Brixton Rock. Some say the land has a curse held upon it, and that a monster resides in that most spooky manner that leans upon a hill of death across from the most adorable little BNB called the Umflap. They do this wonderful thing with long plantains and bacon folded into the shape some say resembles a wet poppy bud, but I think it looks more like a woman's face. Excellent! We'll meet this rich lord and solve the money. I mean, mystery. No, wait, I have not finished yet. One thing you might need to know about that man. need to go back and pack. Yes, but when the sun goes down... Although not too heavy. We'll need room. Yes, lots of room. Thank you, dear blacksmith. We are forever in your debt. Yeah. Farewell. Safe travels, dearie. Come, Yeet, lead us away. Why did you interrupt us before, Yeet? It was very rude. I have a mind to clip your island for that. You know, that reminds me of my time in the war. Handsome! As we bucked and rolled inside the handsome on the way home, I had this sense of dread. The feeling that someone was watching us, waiting. I shook it off as our handsome arrived at our apartment. Ah, here we are. Thank you, driver. Don't mention it. I'll keep the change. All right, all aboard. Your exits are here, 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 here. 
And please remember, this is a strictly no tickling coach. Don't want to see any funny business. <gasps> Mother Hydra! The kettle's been left on. No, sir, the other more obvious thing. Oh, and the house has been ransacked. Dr. Fox? Oh, my stories. My papers, half of my novels are missing. Oh, no, Yeet. Not that one I forced you to write about the burlesque dancer and her full-bodied lover of the night. No, sir, that's still here. No great loss, then. Oh, no. Sir, where's that ruby ring? The what? I don't know what you're talking about. I don't remember any expensive-looking ruby ring, especially not one with silver and gold inlay, engraved with the cheeky phrase, Smack me, I'm Cornish. Sir, I'm under the distinct impression that that is a clue. About the Cornish? Really, sir, I am fed up with your obsession. Very well, it's in my room, in a safe box under the bedroom floor. The safe code being zero, 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 wait, wait, wait a minute. Zero, zero, zero. Oh no, they've gotten to your room too, sir. Not at all, Yeet, hasn't changed a bit. Did you hear something, Yeet? No, sir. Oh, good. It's still here. Whatever do you need my expensive ring for, Yeet? Well, I, I had a thought, sir. Maybe, just maybe, the ring might fit into the pocket watch like... Uh, so. Aha! Don't just stand there, Yeet. Catch that ruby! Sir, wait, there's... There was something underneath it. Uh, a bit of... Paper. Very well, Algo. Come here, Ruby. Ruby, Ruby, Ruby. As I peered at the piece of paper in the pale candlelight, something cold and sharp pressed against my neck. Through the reflection of the good detective's vanity mirror, I beheld the most intimidatingly beautiful creature I had ever seen, holding a small blade mere millimeters from my carotid. Soft lips breathed close to my ear, and a sultry voice sent shivers down my spine. Hello, dearie. Home a bit early, are we? I was just getting comfortable. Who... who are you? How did you get in? The sneakiest way I could find. The chimney? The front door. Comfortable. <laughs> I said a little intimate for me, if you, if you don't mind me saying. Ooh, aren't you a supple one? Ripe for the picking. Uh... If it's any consolation, I didn't make this mess. Oh no, this room is always like this. <laughs> Why did you follow us, you street minstrel you? I meant the other mess. Oh, so you've, uh, <laughs> you've been inside my bedroom. It was rather cold and a little... Feminine. Well, all right. I honestly thought your detective friend lived with a woman. Okay, you know what? That is hurtful. Do you wear the mascara, or is it for the dog? Uh, if you must know, I had to confiscate it last week after the good detective... That's neither here nor there. Now, who the bloody hell are you? Would you like me to stay and tell you? Oh. Did you know that toads weigh from 20 to 80 kilograms and their length ranges from 8 to 13 centimeters? Only 13. Look, are you going to tell me who you are and why you're here, or aren't you? Well, I could, 
but that would take all the fun out of the next few episodes. Cheerio then. Who is this boring and utterly unbelievably beautiful woman who couldn't possibly be attracted to Yeet? The prepubescent proprietor of postmodern pretenderables? Who knows? Will she be an intricate character, a product of many long hours of writing and imaginative design? Well, just like most female characters in a media production, probably not. She is, after all, a woman. Dear listener. Excuse me. Hey. Well, we aren't quite finished yet. Listen, Yeet. You're getting on my last nerve, so why don't you stuff it up your wotsy and glib your gibbet? As I was saying, dear listeners... Uh, I found the ruby. It rolled downstairs. Sir, didn't you notice the extraordinarily beautiful woman walking out of our apartment just now? What are you talking about, Yeet? If a beautiful woman was ever in this house, don't you think I'd know about it? Take this. Out! Ice! Oh, mascara! I was wondering where that got to. Narrator. And on that note, we leave our pathetic pimply protagonists to their boredom and unoriginal existence. Did you laugh? Find joy in these horribly told stories? I didn't think so. Only a petty fool easily amused by an idiot and an oaf would find any amusement here. But if you simply cannot help yourself, like a baby possum drawn to a main highway, tune in next time for the illogical, preposterous, pointless, and absurd misadventures of Detective Swag and Dr. Yeetley. The End Thanks so much for tuning in to our second episode of the illogical, preposterous, pointless, absurd, and depressing misadventures of Detective Swag and Dr. Yeatley. Or Tippet Modsty for short. <laughs> this episode was written by Jordan Pierce and stars Jordan as Dr. Yeatley, the blacksmith, and one half of the Craigslist brothers. Well, it also stars Nathaniel Bryan as Detective Swag, the incredibly attractive woman, a whore, and the other half of the Craigslist brothers. Thank you, Oxford comma. Please share this with as many friends and family as you can through Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever you can get your podcasty goodness. And don't forget to tune in next time to find out what happens to our heroes next. See you guys. Bye. <laughs>